Hello, Yerevum, Ranhona, Kordja, Agusfur, Gedfal, Chishjach. A very good evening to you and a warm welcome to Scarif Bay Community Radio on this Sunday evening, the second Sunday of the season of Lent. I'm Brendan Quinlevin, and during these weeks of Lent, we're sharing some thoughts, reflections, and music about ways in which we can enter more fully and benefit from and grow throughout this season. Living Lent. Last week, we spoke about the three great pillars of the season of Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and reflected on ways in which we could deepen our lives of prayer. This evening, we're going to look at the idea of fasting. What are you giving up for Lent? What are you doing for Lent? Fasting and feasting, whether we realize it or not, are closely related to one another. So often, When we think of fasting, we think of deprivation, we think of sacrifice. But it's always sacrifice for something greater. That's what the season of Lent is all about. Fasting, giving up, making sacrifices. It's so much part of our faith tradition. Indeed, fasting is something that has become very popular and significant in modern secular culture. We are being recommended to do intermittent fasting as part of a healthy way of life and living. So many programs of bettering our lives involve the idea of detoxing, of getting rid of harmful things from our lives. We do this for a greater purpose and a greater goal. There is a story told of a man who saved every penny he could until he had enough money to buy the cheapest ticket on an ocean-going ship to the United States. On the day of sailing, the man purchased a supply of cheese and crackers to eat during the five-day crossing. He boarded the ship and found his tiny room. Each evening he would watch the elegantly dressed travellers coming and going from the great dining rooms on the ship, and he would retire to his room for cheese and crackers. Finally, On the last night of the trip, he decided he had enough money for one splurge and he entered the dining room and enjoyed a veritable feast, possibly the best he had ever eaten. When the meal was over, he walked up to the dining room host to pay for his meal. To his surprise, the man said, Oh, you don't owe me anything. All the meals are included in the cost of your ticket. The story would be funny if it were not so sad. What a tragedy to go through life on cheese and crackers when we could be feasting at the banquet. The whole purpose of fasting in Lent from something is to discipline our lives in such a way that faith can be a deeper reality on our spiritual journey. I'd like, on this evening's Living Lent, to share with you some suggestions for your consideration. You can add more or select just one when you alone know where God is trying to mould and shape you into a person of faith and love. And while we may fast from certain things, we must also feast on others.
You're tuned to Scariff Bay Community Radio, and on this Sunday evening of Lent, we're reflecting on the idea of fasting and feasting. One suggestion for Lent is that we might feast on forgiveness and fast from bitterness. Rabbi Leo Beck wrote a book called Days of Sorrow and Pain about the terrible humiliation inflicted on the Jewish community in Berlin during the long days and nights following the issuance of the Nuremberg Laws in the early 1930s. These laws stripped the Jewish community of its dignity and led to other horrible consequences that sprang from the racial and political policies of the National Socialist German Workers' Party, better known as the Nazis. Rabbi Beck says that he and many other Jews fought a constant battle to maintain dignity and decency in days when there was no end to the testing of patience and sanity. He writes, however, that early in his life he had made a firm resolution that alone made it possible to maintain his dignity during those terrible days and kept him from abandoning one of life's noblest visions. He said, I resolved never to let anyone make me stoop to meanness. The rabbi knew that as he rose from his bed each morning that either he could get bitter or better. He could get better because of the forgiveness of God and he knew and experienced it in his own life. Mother Teresa of Calcutta was once asked by an inquiring reporter what they could do to bring about world peace and improve the conditions of our world. Without hesitation, she said, go home and love your spouse and your children. Mother Teresa is so greatly admired and respected because she feasts on forgiveness. Bitterness had no place in her soul or spirit. Someone once said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you flinch before it makes you free. Are you flinching today? Is there a broken relationship between you and someone? This Lent, feast on forgiveness and fast from bitterness. strangers to each other, no longer strangers in God's house. We are fed and we are nourished by the strength of those who care, by the strength of those who
been gifted with each other, and we are called by the word of the Lord to act with justice, to love tenderly, and to walk humbly with our God. To walk humbly with. tuned to Scarif Bay Community Radio and this is Living Lent, reflecting this evening on the idea of fasting and feasting. This Lent we should feast on silence and fast from gossip. There is a Quaker writer by the name of Richard Foster and in his book The Freedom of Simplicity he speaks about silence. He says, silence frees us from the need to control others. One reason we can hardly bear to remain silent is that it makes us feel so helpless. We are accustomed to relying upon words to manage and control others. A frantic stream of words flows from us in an attempt to straighten others out. We want so desperately for them to agree with us, to see things our way. We evaluate people, judge people, condemn people. We devour people with our words. Silence is one of the deepest disciplines of the Holy Spirit, simply because it puts a stop to all that. The writer Elizabeth Barrett Browning had a great insight to our need to be still and silent before God when she wrote, Earth's crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God, and only he who sees takes off his shoes, the rest sit around and pluck blackberries. Recently, I found words that have been written to the tune of the familiar hymn I love to tell the story. The writer rewrites the hymn with the message focusing on how people love to gossip, and it goes like this. I love to tell the story of unseen things below, Of people and their problems, each detail do I know. I love to tell the story, someone has said it's true. To pass it on inspires me, as nothing else could do. I love to tell the story, tis pleasant to repeat. What seems each time I tell it, a rumour more complete. I love to tell the story, for some have never heard the things that I could tell them each vile and juicy word. I love to tell the story, for those who should know best seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. 
but when I stand before God and lay my own life bare, twill be a hard, hard lesson that there were sins aplenty there. I love to tell the story, but if I want to go to glory, I'd better tell the story of Jesus and his love. This Lent, let's fast from gossip and feast on silence. Satisfies my longings as nothing else can do. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and. One of the things that we discover as we journey through Lent is that despite its negative connotations, fasting isn't always necessarily a bad thing. This Lent, we might feast on the reality and the promise of heaven and fast from thoughts of hell. I once had a parishioner who was always telling me that I have to give people more of the reality of hell, damnation and judgment in my sermons. He was convinced that Christians were all too cosy. And there may have been a time when I was younger and protected by the halls of the seminary 
that I might have believed that too. But something happened on the journey I made from the seminary to the sanctuary, from the seminary to the top of the classroom. Because in the sanctuary, there were real people that I would come to know and love. And I learned that in every pew, there was a broken heart and broken dreams. They knew full well the reality of hell. I knew the lonely man at the back who mourned the loss of his wife. I knew the pain of a young, separated woman with three children to raise, worried about how she was going to keep a roof over their heads. I knew the father struggling with alcoholism. I knew the anguish of parents for prodigal sons and daughters. I knew the family who had experienced tragedy and great loss. No, these sons and daughters of God did not need any more knowledge of hell They were already struggling with it. My job was in some way to help them to experience the grace of God and the joy of heaven. My job, in the words of the Methodist preacher John Wesley, was to offer Christ. My job was not only to preach what they were not, but to point them to Christ, to see what they could be with him. Someone once said, Eternity, be it hell or heaven, always begins now. Hell is separation from God and heaven is union with them. Actually, either is merely an extension of the relationship we have with him here on earth. I urge you today to please choose the good portion that God has for life right here, right now on this planet earth. Experience the joy of heaven right here, right now. Don't substitute anything for the presence and the companionship of Jesus. You know the story of the man who met the friend with his newborn baby. And he said, my, that is a beautiful baby you have there, as they passed on the street. And the friend answered, oh, that's nothing. You should see his picture. Don't substitute a plastic Jesus or a picture of Jesus on the wall of your home for the real and living presence of God in your heart. Don't settle for plastic fruit when you can have the real thing. Like many of you, I know there is a hell. But we are thankful that God has something better for his children than the reality of hell. So this Lent, feast on the reality and the promise of heaven. Fast from thoughts of hell. When all you see is here and now, when everything is crumbling, falling to the ground, this is just a moment, this is not forever. I know it seems impossible when all your hope is gone But God is, God is Greater than the fear you're facing Greater than the storm that's raging So cry out
beautiful that we all have to taste But don't you dare let go now Don't let the candle blow out His love is strong Shinwil Uimshir Kardja Omran Hona, Gurumila Mahagov Gulayer Asvur Gujakta Imohyanta, Tasulam Gurwinshiv Tan of August Salt As and Glor, August Gomeshivarashin Enochlom, Egonam Kena, Eron Stashun Kena, San Oj Kena, and Chachtan Shahuing. Thank you all so much for being with us this evening, this second Sunday of the season of Lent. As we continue our journey of thoughts, reflections, and music for the season of Lent, as we strive to live Lent in a more meaningful way. I'll be back with you again next week to share some more reflections and music with you. I do hope that you can join me, but that this second week in the season of Lent will be a time of growth for you in your life of love and prayer and spirituality, and a time of strengthening in those great gifts of the season of Lent prayer fasting and almsgiving. So good day, 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 good day